Days like today uh, are when you got to remind yourself that this first portal cycle is 40-plus days, Parker, because it almost felt like, all right, well, if you didn't enter into the transfer portal last week, then, well, you know, maybe all of the elite players that are going to hop in the portal, it was going to happen last week. No, 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 that's not the case. Grayson McCall of uh, Coastal Carolina just entered into the portal. Marshawn Lloyd, maybe South Carolina's best player last year, just entered into the portal. And we're going to have some players after the bowl season that are going to enter into the portal as well. A lot of these teams that are in the college football playoff will have players enter into the portal after they're done with their semifinal and championship game. So, um, yes, there is already a lot of players in the portal, but that's only going to continue to fill up over the next few weeks. And we're seeing that today, man, with a couple of more elite names uh, being dropped in the portal. It's crazy, How about man. Grayson McCall, man? That's... I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one. So that is the first of – well, I guess not the first. Devin Leary was the first. But, again, we've been talking for a couple weeks about how the quarterback dominoes in this portal cycle are going to be massive and there's going to be a lot of money thrown around. And there there's no going doubt to be about that. A lot of hands changed and a lot of helmets changed for that matter. Grayson McCall, another big-time signal caller, now available on the open market out of Coastal Carolina. It's a good year. Uh, if you need a quarterback, it's a it's a good year to go to the transfer portal to find one because not only can you find a good player, you're going to be able to find a good player that's played a lot of college football. And Grayson McCall is just the uh, latest one. Maybe he goes to Liberty and follows his head coach there, Jamie Chadwell, who just got that job recently. Oh, um, did he take that job? I yeah, missed, he's going, knew, yeah, he's going to Liberty. I knew uh, he was in contention. I didn't realize he'd taken but it. But maybe, um, I, I don't know, Auburn needs a quarterback. Oklahoma State needs a quarterback. Georgia might be a quarterback. Some money's going to be thrown around for uh, several of these guys. So Now, the, the portal is... Um, it's a, it's a daily thing. you got to monitor it daily because uh, names continue to be add, uh, added as uh, the 45-day first cycle of the portals. Uh, it's, it's absolutely nuts. But, hey, story number one today has got to be what happened over the weekend in Norman. The McCullough brothers visited Norman. We saw the picture uh, with Deshaun and Day with uh, Britt Venables there. Anything to note coming out of the weekend with the McCullough brothers, where they stand and kind of where the, where the situation is? We, we went into the weekend thinking there's a chance they commit on the spot. What do we think now Monday afternoon? Uh, good vibes. Uh, good vibes. I think this one will be over quickly. Sure feels that way. that way. I felt that way Friday, right? And, you know. You wouldn't think that anything would change that over the weekend. No. Did you hint earlier today that we could know – Something definite by the end of today? Uh, so the timeline that I was given by several sources close to the situation is that it, it was going to happen. It, well, that it could have happened as early as Sunday, but that it was definitely going to happen within the next few days. So it's one of those deals where if indeed Oklahoma is the destination, and I have no reason to suspect otherwise at this point, it could drop at any time. Yeah, imminently, and, and 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 rightfully so. Like most of the attention is going to be on Deshaun McCullough, the older brother. Why? Well, um, he had a monster freshman year at Indiana. He is an immediate impact player. He's got a chance to be one of your best defensive players next year. But the addition of Day McCullough is very important as well. I, is he a day one contributor for this defense next year? Well, I don't exactly think so, but. What he is, Parker, and I need to go back and see 
how many commit or who who exactly has committed since Anthony Evans. Would Day McCullough not be your highest ranked commit that you've had since Anthony Evans a few uh, months ago? Wine, Sanders, Dolby, yep. Yeah. Highest, yeah, highest since Anthony Evans. So hey, if you want to be more excited about Deshaun, I mean that that's fine. I I can see that, but I think you got to be pretty happy with Day McCullough as well. Yeah. Uh, somebody said Oklahoma State quarterback Grayson McCall. That'd be that'd be a heck of a pickup for him. <laughs> I don't see I, that, but I I don't see that happening, and here's why. Within five minutes of Grayson McCall officially announcing that he'd be entering the transfer portal, I got this text from somebody who would know. A seat at the table costs five hundred. Five hundred dollars. Five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Five hundred dollars. <laughs> $500,000 for a seat at the table. Jeez. And that just gives you an idea of what the market's going to be. He is a a, he's a draft-eligible quarterback, is he not? He is. Grayson McCall? He is. So is there a chance here that he says, okay, I'm going to enter in the transfer portal, see what my options are, and if I don't get the bite that I'm looking for, I'll just roll off to the NFL? Well, consider this. If indeed a seat at the table costs 500 the final number, I would imagine, is going to be approaching seven well, figures. That's just the seat at the table. That's just the ante. If you're making, if you can make that kind of money and have the opportunity to better your draft stock in what will inevitably be a weaker quarterback class next year, you're doing that ten times out of ten rather than being just another name on the board in this year's class of quarterbacks and potentially landing on a depth chart somewhere as a third stringer or elsewhere on the practice squad. I could see Auburn saying 500k. Uh, let's just make it a cool million. Oh uh, yeah, here. you know what's funny? Mm-hmm. That's that's a school that's going to be in the mix. They need a quarterback. Desperate times call for desperate measures, Parker. I have no doubt that Auburn will overpay for a quarterback this transfer portal cycle. Well, and my, no doubt. He, here's the thing. Philip Montgomery is going to be the new OC there, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. And if that's the case, I would think that Montgomery would just try to bring Davis Brin along with him in the sidecar. But I understand that – and what's the one thing we always talk about with Auburn is how involved – all of the BMDs are down there, and how many cooks are in the proverbial kitchen. I can understand why those folks wouldn't be as eager to take somebody like Davis Brin and make him the next starting quarterback at Auburn when there are far bigger fish in the pond. Uh, from the 405, is there any chance Jalen Redmond returns? Unless I've totally missed something over the weekend, uh, he already announced his intentions to go to the Senior Bowl, right? Yeah, but here's what I'll say. Announcing your intentions to go to the Senior Bowl – does that is not final? Sure, there is a non-zero percent chance that Jalen Redmond returns. I I believe I fully believe, well, almost fully believe that he'll be off to the NFL. But I I've had a couple conversations in recent days surrounding Jalen Redmond because we really haven't heard a whole lot on him, and we haven't seen an official announcement from him saying, "Hey, I'm going to the draft." And again, I reiterate, there is a non-zero percent chance that Jalen Redmond ends up back in an OU uniform next year. That chance is not high. Like I said, there's a reason I said non-zero. Yeah. And that's because it is non-zero, but it's not much better than zero. Did the McCullough brothers' fathers join them with their mother uh, with their mother on the trip to OU? That's from Santa John. <sighs> oh, that's a good question. Offhand, I don't know. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I don't believe that would have been the case because – their dad's out doing in-homes for Notre Dame. He's Notre Dame's running backs coach. Yep. So he's out doing in-homes all week. No, I would not figure that um, 
he made the visit with his kids. That was probably, if I had to guess. One more before we move on. We've got this text today. Not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. Any update on Trace Ford? Someone from the 918 is really wanting to know what's going on with Trace Ford. Still feel really good about that one between him and Oklahoma. Feel really good. And, no, there is no update in terms of where this thing is headed or when a visit is on the calendar. I'll just continue to reaffirm. I think there's a very high probability that Trace Ford ends up at Oklahoma. By the way, speaking of Delan McCullough, the McCullough brothers' dad, he got uh, he got the rug pulled out from under him last week. Really? Because oh, he, with, uh, he went talk- and did the in-home yes. with Dylan Edwards. Yeah. I That's saw a blast that over the from weekend. the past. Whoa. And then 24 hours later, after doing an in-home with Delan McCullough and Marcus Freeman, Dylan Edwards decommitted from Notre Dame and ended up pledging to Colorado. They, they had to have known what they were getting into with that recruitment, and it didn't um, – it didn't really shock me all that much uh, once I saw not only that uh, Dylan Edwards committed, but that he decommitted from Notre Dame and committed to Colorado that quickly. That Deion Sanders got. Now, it, here's the thing Deion is probably going to flip a couple other commits before we get to signing day a week from Wednesday. That's just, that's just what's going to happen this cycle. He's going to get some guys in the portal who are very well known, who are really good players. Uh, Deion's going to be a force in recruiting. Yeah, he will. Is he is he going to win a lot of football games? I think he probably will, but time will tell. But th- if there's one thing I'm sure of, the situation with Dylan Edwards, we'll see more of those as we as we move forward. I, I don't have any doubt about that. Dylan Edwards is a great example of a kid that just should never have committed. Yes, <laughs> you, <laughs> this is th- this is third school he's committed. Yes, to, correct. Right? He I, and I like the kid. He and I got close over the course of the recruiting process. But he didn't commit because he was ready to commit. He committed for clout. And look where that leads you. You commit to one school for clout, boom, he goes to the Under Armour Future 50, wins fastest man there. He's got an offer from Notre Dame. Whoa, Notre Dame is a way bigger school, carries a lot more weight in the public eye than Kansas State. Boom, he flips there for clout. Then, all of a sudden, it gets close to signing day. Deion Sanders, who has been best friends with his dad for a long, long, long time, all of a sudden is no longer coaching at small-time FCS Jackson State, but he's now got a Power 5 job at a beautiful place like Colorado. Oh, boy, wouldn't it make all the sense in the world to go co- to go play for dad's best friend and be, as of right now, the capstone commitment in Prime's first recruiting class as a P5 head coach? More clout! Well, to be fair, the uh, edit that you can get while committing to Colorado is actually pretty sweet. I mean, you saw the edit that uh, that he oh put that out. edit was awesome. The buffalo running, oh yeah, the mountains with the snow in the background. Um, that might be. I'm not a big edit guy, but that might be the coolest edit. One of the coolest. No, edits that was that the I've first seen. thing I thought. It the was, minute it I was saw pretty that, awesome. I was I, like, well, man. And I got the notification, Dylan Edwards has flipped, and I rolled my eyes. Then I opened up Twitter, and I saw the edit. I was like, dang, that's the best commitment edit I've ever seen. Trent says Colorado will be a contender in the Pac-12 next year, maybe a dark horse college football playoff pretender. Hey! I, I, I would agree. All right. I, would I, agree. Like the, I like the hot takes flowing in on this Monday. Let's go. Prime's going to get a lot of what he wants, both in recruiting and via the portal, to the point where, much like Muleshoe, he's going to be able to turn things around very quick. They'll sell that place out every home game next year, which I actually think they've done. It feels like they've done a 
decent job getting people, especially the students there, even during you know some lean years here recently. But Dion's there now. Oh, they're about to sell out Folsom Field. Uh, Joe in Tulsa has three questions. If Deshaun McCullough comes, do you think he would start over Grimes or over Downs? Uh, I think he is the next Deshaun White at the Cheetah position. Yes. Who starts at the two backer spots and Cheetah? Well, I already kind of touched on that question. Deshaun McCullough, I believe, would be your starting Cheetah, and I think your two starting linebackers will be Danny Stutzman and Jaron Kanick. And if Joe in Tulsa's final question, does Jaden Rose start at corner or move to safety or Cheetah next year? I don't know, man. I, I kind of think that – I think the spring uh, could depend a lot on that. By the yeah. way, the first two responses, I do agree with those two. Yeah, I – I don't know what you do with Jaden Rowan. I don't think you have to know either. He's one of those guys where you can – because he's going to be going into spring ball. And I'm trying to think, Did he, he did go through spring ball with OU last year. He enrolled early, right? No. No, he didn't. No. No, he didn't. He I mean, you may not role. have to know, but it would be nice to figure it out this spring and kind of let him get acclimated to, to that spot. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that, I believe, will depend on what you get and or don't get in the transfer portal. Because if you feel good about your cornerback room, maybe you can tell Jaden Rowe, hey, you know what, we're going to try you at safety or we're going to try you at Cheetah. Uh, if you don't feel good about your cornerback depth, then maybe it makes more sense to keep Jaden Rowe out there at corner, even at six foot two, 220 pounds. Nothing can beat Case and Kalmus's edit. Yeah, that was pretty cool with his dad, Rocky, in the uh, visor of the helmet. That was pretty sweet. That was pretty cool. Yeah, Case and Kalmus. And Dylan Edwards, my one-two edits uh, so far that I've seen. I have not seen them all, but uh, of the ones that I've seen, those are those are both pretty awesome. All right, you guys are already active on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, like every show that we do. Keep them coming. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Some of you on the text line are down about David Hicks. We'll get to our daily David Hicks. Yes, we'll bring up Peyton Bowen and more. Keep it locked right here on The Ref for the Homeless Center fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. The ref army is tuned in on this Monday. We do have a listener in Sweden today. So appreciate uh, Sweden for tuning in and trying to get the latest on David Hicks, Peyton Bowen, and the McCulloch brothers. Yeah, shout out to my Norwegian, or my, not my Norwegian. Norwegian is Norway. Scandinavian! My Scandinavian brethren. Columbus, Mississippi. Castle Rock, Colorado, Highland, Indiana, Minneapolis, Minnesota, San Jose, California, small Oklahoma town of the day. How about Seminole, Oklahoma? Okay. I don't know if we've uh, given a shout-out to Seminole, Oklahoma. I don't believe we have. Seminole State's very, uh, really good JUCO baseball program out there that puts uh, several big leaguers. Reggie Willits went to Seminole State, didn't he? 
Yeah, did uh, I, I kind of get them? There, there's several like uh, Oklahoma State of Oklahoma JUCO baseball's really good. Did Adam LaRoche go to Seminole State, or did he go somewhere else in the state of Oklahoma? Yeah, I, I know that's that's a name <laughs> Major League Baseball from way back. But Seminole's got several uh, several several guys, several alumni that uh, have played in the bigs over the years. Pretty impressive. All right, uh, Daily David Hicks. I guess he was at Oregon over the weekend. Yeah. He's going to A and M. What Brent Venables has an in home with him on Thursday. Uh, it, it's a week until signing day on Wednesday. Is your confidence level dropping by the day when it comes to David Hicks, or kind of where's where's the situation at with him? I don't care anymore. Well, and, and I, hey, the reason I don't down. care, the reason I don't care, is illustrated by this text from the Air Comfort Solutions text line, was which is a brilliant way to approach this situation. Anyone freaking out over the David Hicks recruitment should remember what Todd Bates said. If you miss on a five-star, he may beat you once or twice. If you sign the wrong five-star, he will beat you every day. I'd rather miss out on all of the drama than invite it into the program. If you get DJ Hicks, great. You know what? Great. He's going to be successful at the next level. If you don't get him, well, at least you don't got to deal with that circus anymore. Well, and it has become a circus. I had a random thought yesterday. It's it, Parker, what are we going to do? Probably live more healthier lives. But who are we going to obsess over after David Hicks and Peyton Bowen finally make their decision? Now, that probably won't be until three months from now, judging by the way things have happened over the past several months. But I don't know. We, we've, we've talked about both of these guys the text line is obsessed over both of these guys for so long. It's going to be a weird chapter in this show when we don't have to obsess or talk about David Hicks and Peyton Bowen anymore. And I say that, Parker, and David Hicks will go to A&M. He'll enter into the transfer portal in a year. And then just when we think we'll never talk about David Hicks again, we'll talk about him once again when he enters the transfer portal in a year's time. It's just going to be weird, man, when we don't talk about these two guys on the reg, because that's basically what we've been doing for the eh. past 365 days. There'll be new guys. There were there were new guys once Cole Adams committed to Alabama. There'll be new recruits for the text line to freak out over. Which, by the way, speaking of uh, new offers, new recruits, Chance Fitzgerald is your new 2023 wide receiver offer. What, same high school as Taylor Wine, correct? I believe that he's a three-star. What does this tell us uh, about wide receiver recruiting in the 2023 class? I am somewhat surprised by this offer, I will say. And Chance Fitzgerald is really good. He is a really good player. Turn on the tape and tell me that dude doesn't belong at the University of Oklahoma. But the reason I'm confused by this is, well, put quite simply, Mike Atiz. Yep. If you need another wide receiver in this class, why are you not pushing for Micah Tease? And the Sooners all, the Sooners have begun to push. They did an in-home with Micah Tease. They're just not they're not pushing as hard as I figure they would. And now this offer goes out to Chance Fitzgerald and I st- I still like Oklahoma's chances to end up with Micah Tease in the class. But if you're confident that you're going to flip Tease, why offer this kid? Might this be an insurance policy, or might this be Oklahoma's play to convince Mike Atiz, hey, listen, if you're going to flip, we need you to flip before signing day and not on it because we need to know heading in what we have 
already locked up and we don't want to have to sweat this thing out right at the deadline. I do like Chance Fitzgerald and what I've seen from him. Uh, I mean, just like highlight. I, I like that he's six foot three, Parker. Big boy. I, I, I like uh, big physical wide receivers. I do think that this program and this offense could benefit from having bigger physical receivers in the program, and he kind of fits that mold. I think that that's a uh, not a really good place to start, but I, I think that that's a good place to uh, you know send out an offer you know this late in the cycle, and you got to think you know. I, I can read down his entire offer list, but I'm going to guess OU feels pretty good about their chances of getting uh, Chance Fitzgerald to, at some point, commit, whether it's on signing day or a little bit after signing day. Yeah, again, and that's why it confuses me, right? You're already going after several wide receivers in the portal. If you think you're getting Mike tease, why offer Chance Fitzgerald? And if you don't think you're getting Mike tease, well, why not? Because with as much turnover as there's been on the Arkansas staff in recent days, with that program coming off a 6-6 six and six campaign, and with Mike Atiz having that desire to be a Sooner for as long as I can remember, why like, are, are, you, are you all of a sudden planning on taking four wide receivers in this class? That's the only way I can make this offer make sense. And again, that's no disrespect to Chance Fitzgerald because he's a tremendous football player. But I... T- it, something doesn't add up here, and I'm still trying to make it make sense of all of it. I'm still trying to make it all make sense in my own head. Fitzgerald is better than Tease. There, we got a lot of Fitzgerald takes here on the uh, text line. We can't delay those, Parker. We probably get get to them. Fitzgerald is better than Tease. Um, this one says, if Fitzgerald is good, why is he a three-star? And, Parker, I think you are dead on about Tease. Well, I don't think that you can just ever flatly say, well, he must not be very good. He's just a three-star. I mean, we, we've seen that proven out other t- – like, that's not a good way to go about things. Uh, I, I imagine we probably got similar texts to that last December when I was like, hey, OU's looking at this kid out of North Kansas City named PJ Adabare. He was a three-star back then. Yeah, what is he now again? Is he? Does he have – yeah, he has five. Yeah, All five. Yeah, all, all five, five stars. Five stars. Hmm. Every single star. Is it because Weiss left asking why they offered him? Well, I, I think they've known for a while that Theo Weiss wasn't going to be a part of their program moving forward. Yeah. It's just a hunch uh, that I have on that situation. So, it, look, it may have caught uh, everyone else by surprise that Weiss entered the portal, but I think there's a lot of times that the coaching staff knew well before that 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 was going to be the case. Yeah, especially when that guy hit the transfer portal after the 2021 season and came back and really a primary uh, driving force behind his decision to come back was a push from Caleb Williams. Like, that's what people don't understand is the reason Theo Weiss was back at Oklahoma in 2022 was not primarily Jeff Levy. It was primarily because Caleb Williams got on the horn with Theo Weiss and was like, hey, stay put. It was interesting. I sent out a congratulatory tweet on Saturday night uh, after Caleb won the Heisman Trophy. And Reggie Green, father of one Caden Green, quote tweeted it and essentially said, the Williams helped push Caden to Oklahoma. Congrats to Caleb on winning the Heisman. And I just thought it was, it was very – and look, there are people that will always have it out for the Williams family – and we'll always have it out for Carl and Caleb because they followed Muleshoe. And I get that. I'm not going to try to convince anybody otherwise that they shouldn't feel a certain way. All I'm going to say is that 
those that family and that kid did a lot for Oklahoma. Not the least of which was convincing several high caliber prospects and players that Oklahoma was the place for them, even if it wasn't always the place for Caleb. Yeah, God, God bless you uh, for doing that Saturday. I decided to sit that one out. <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't want to have to deal with that on social media, saying one thing or the other about Caleb Williams. But I was glad to see you participate, uh, Parker. Uh, one listener asks, could it mean Mims is leaving for the draft? Uh, I don't feel I, like that's going to I, happen. Listen. Based on the intel that I have received over the last 48, 72 hours, it sure sounds like Marvin Mims is coming back yeah. in 2023. Yeah. If you're comparing him to P.J. Atabari being a five-star now, did I miss something and now Fitzgerald is now a five-star? Okay, no, well, listen. That's not what we yeah. saying. Yeah, no, show me where I compared P.J. to Chance Fitzgerald. Jeez. I'm just saying, just because a guy carries the three-star label doesn't mean He's not worthy of playing ball at the University of Oklahoma. And need I go down the laundry list of three stars that have panned out at Oklahoma over the years? Guys like Ryan Broyles and Kenneth Murray. Oh, I made the list a few weeks ago. Exactly. I don't know what I did with it. I probably threw it away. I didn't think I was going to have to bring this up again. But it's times like this where I wish I wouldn't throw away notes like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Well, OU offered Jaheim Bell. Well, they already got Austin Stogner. Yep, that's it. And I think that's that's going. And to OU be. was never in for Jaheim Bell really to begin with. It is interesting though, man, that South Carolina just had its best year since Steve Spurrier was the head coach, and I think they had two or three consecutive ten win season, which which is big time for South Carolina. They had a great year, destroyed Tennessee, beat Clemson, going their best bowl game in a while. Their two best tight ends are out. And maybe their best offensive player, maybe the best player on their team, Marshawn Lloyd, is in the transfer portal as well. It's pretty interesting, man. I thought that, uh, and I and I think Shane Beamer is building something uh, pretty impressive out there in Columbia. But dang, yeah, I'm sure he'd like to keep all would have liked to keep all those playmakers around. That could be three pretty tough losses for him. Peyton says we did offer that Arkansas State tight end though. Did Oklahoma offer Sedu Trare? If I'm saying that correctly, because I I don't believe they have actually offered him. I know that was a guy that OU ID'd very early on in the 2022 season as a guy that they would make a run for if he were to get in the transfer portal at season's end. But I touched base with a couple of very well-placed sources this morning and was told with Stogner in the boat, there's not really a need anymore for a tight end like the Arkansas State kid. Are you are you seeing uh, what I'm seeing on the text line? Like, like they just made a new wide receiver offer today, right? Chance yep. Fitzgerald. And everyone's got a different theory as to why that offer was made. Well, it means that Mims is leaving. Well, does that mean that uh, they're going to have a wide receiver? They're, they're worried about him flipping? Maybe they just made a late wide receiver offer today, guys. I mean, theoretically, yes, that could be right, and there could be a reason as to why they meant. But I, I think it could be just simply that. Like, some numbers have opened up. What did Trevon West, um, d- didn't he enter in the portal over the weekend? Like, maybe some numbers are just opening up. They really like Chance Fitzgerald. They think he's a good eval, and they just decided to offer him today. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that Marvin Mims isn't coming back or that someone else is about to flip and decommit. Well, and to kind of tie a bow on all of that, Tyler, it could be – one giant combination of all of those factors. 
it could be that there's that much uncertainty regarding the future of the wide receiver room and what the numbers are going to look like that Oklahoma decided, you know what? We could use another receiver. We could at least stand to offer this kid and see where things go. So, I don't hate it. Uh, by the way, Tulsa Day was awesome. Tulsa Day was awesome. I don't know if you had a good time or not. Looked like you did. I stopped by your remote for uh, about 30 minutes or so. So, thank you to everyone in the 918, all you Ref Army members uh, that joined us on Friday and then again on Saturday at Lefties for the postgame show. Brian and Tulsa, he showed up at every single remote on Friday, Parker. And for his loyalty... We gave him two tickets to the OU Arkansas basketball game. Yeah, that's that, what's up. That's loyalty right there, buddy. Showing up at all four remotes on Friday. It's pretty awesome. Brian, you are retroactively Friday's listener of the week of the day. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm 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 fine with that. Yeah. If you want a Tulsa Day MVP, I think Brian and Tulsa. I think that that's I think that's fair. I can get down with that. 405-651-3439 is the air coverage solutions text line. More Cruton on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. You know, when you're a tall, athletic wide receiver, Parker, and you're inside the 10-yard line, sometimes the best thing to do is just kind of run to the back of the end zone, stand there, and just wait for a jump ball to be thrown your way. It wasn't a jump ball in Edmond on Saturday, but uh, OU offer Nate Roberts of the Washington Warriors. That's basically what he did for the game-winning score. Uh, an eight-yard touchdown reception to uh, clinch the game-winning score for the Washington Warriors. They won a state championship. And Nate Roberts, if you like watch the replay, just kind of runs to the back of the end zone, stands there, his quarterback finds him, boom, touchdown. They win 17-14. So uh, pretty cool story over the weekend seeing him make that big play. Oh, to be six foot five, Tyler. Yeah, would be nice, right? And, hey, beautifully drawn up by Washington. All right, let's see. State championship on the line. We've got, we've got the ball at the eight-yard line. Hmm, let's throw it to our six foot five tight end and see how that works out. Well, it worked out great. They won a gold ball. So, congratulations to Washington. That's really, really cool. Uh, text line Boys, I will take the co MVP or the special teams award for donating the tickets. Jimmy in Tulsa. Yes, Jimmy. Thank you uh, for donating some tickets. We, we appreciate that as well. Jackson Arnold and Ditton Geyer, they fall short to DeSoto on Saturday. Um, it, it, it caps off, really, in an in incredible season by Jackson Arnold. He had a very impressive touchdown run where he goes full extension, just laying it all out on the line. It wasn't enough, though. Uh, Geyer's not going to make it to the state championship game. But Jackson Arnold finishes with 3,476 passing yards, 33 passing touchdowns, 921 rushing yards, and 24 rushing touchdowns his senior season. Wow. Uh, yeah, first off, that boy good. 57 total TDs this year. Secondly, Dang. Again, and I will continue to ask this question because it seems rhetorical at this point. Is there another quarterback in America that could have done what Jackson Arnold has done on the Texas 6A high school football circuit this year? Because um, I'm not convinced there is. Well, did anyone 
on that level do anything even remotely similar? No, they did not. I'm not aware of anyone if they did. I mean, those are like stupid numbers. 57 total touchdowns, 921 rushing yards, 3,476 passing yards. And how many interceptions did he have this year? He had like two, right, late in the season? Uh, he had one towards the beginning and one towards the end. But, yes, two interceptions. Jeez. Two interceptions and 57 total touchdowns. That will fly. That's a half-decent ratio. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Feels like Peyton Bowen's mother is going to send him to Notre Dame at this point. How do you know that? Do you have the inside track on this recruitment? Yeah, well, I can tell you this much. Peyton's mother isn't sending him anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, like, I can believe that Peyton Bowen's mother may want him to go to Notre Dame. There's a lot that Notre Dame can offer, especially from an academic standpoint. But, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to sign with OU. Let me, let me put it to you this way. There's a reason we don't say mothers are undefeated on this show. We say girlfriends. And hopefully five-star quarterback teammates Yeah, you undefeated. would think. You would think Peyton Moen, having a first-hand look at all that Jackson Arnold has done to this point in his senior year, well, I guess his senior year is over at this point, but looking at Arnold's body of work in his senior year of high school, you would figure that Bowen, of all people, would look at that and go, yeah, he's a guy that could probably lead this program to a national championship if he gets dudes like me to jump on board. How is JFA not the number one recruit in the country? I'm serious when I think he'll be a contributor as a quarterback next year. That's from the 850. And the answer is his last name is not Manning. That is the answer. He should have changed his name before the start of the year. (laughs) Then he would have been the number two player overall. Jackson Brady, Jackson, Montana. Uh, how about Steven Alexander's son? That goes back to uh, what I was talking about with Washington. Yeah, Cooper's got a chance to be a really good. Oh, I think Cooper is a really good player, but yeah, I, Cooper's going to be. Cooper's going to have some options coming out of Washington. Steven Alexander's got two kids that are, that are really good football players. This listener asks better prospect out of high school, Caleb Williams or Jackson Arnold? Uh, I, I'll say this it's a lot closer than I thought it would be. If, if you ask me that question, Six months ago, I would say Caleb Williams, absolutely no doubt in my mind. I'd still say Caleb Williams, but having witnessed what Jackson Arnold has done to this point in the year and just getting to see firsthand, up close and in person, how confident he has become at the quarterback position, man, it's close. It is tight. Caleb Williams is the guy that just won the Heisman Trophy as a sophomore and is probably going to be the front runner to win the Heisman Trophy next year as a junior. I don't know if Jackson Arnold is in that type of company. I don't know if I would sit here and assert that Jackson Arnold is, is going to win the Heisman Trophy running away as a sophomore. So that is truly elite company to keep if you're Jackson Arnold. But I, I'll say this much. I have become convinced that there is no better quarterback prospect in this class than Jackson Arnold. It'd be really hard to find one, man. It'd be really hard to find one. I mean, he just... And not just as a passer this year. The big plays that he had, the limited mistakes. Again, you do have to factor in the level that he played at this year, which we've talked about consistently. But for me, Parker, it's being really close to a 1,000-yard rusher this year and the amount of rushing touchdowns he has. And he's not the only really good dual-threat quarterback that we've seen in the 2023 class. I understand that, but, man, those numbers are gaudy. And those numbers are really gaudy at an elite level of Texas high school football. It's hard to ignore, man. 
He's a five-star, but I think he could be ranked uh, a little bit higher in terms of the quarterback hierarchy for this class. Will Arnold be an early enrollee? That question comes from the 580. Yes, he will. Expect to see him on the field throughout spring ball and in the spring game in April. So if you needed any more incentive to show up to the spring game, guess what? That's going to be your first glimpse at JFA in the Crimson and Green. No matter the outcome on the Peyton Bowen recruitment, I bet he ends up at OU by the end of his college career. Agree. Well, you'd rather that happen I, uh, early. I will go so far as to say I believe Peyton Bowen will end up at OU by the beginning of his Ooh, college career. There you go. See, just throwing out hot takes left and right today. Hey, by the way, everybody, the 24-7 sports football transfer rankings, OU is number one right now. Yes, they only have uh, two commits via the portal, Well, but that is good enough for the uh, number one overall class when it comes to the transfer rankings. Want, want a little secret, Tyler? Uh, it's about, they're about to widen the gap mm. with uh, Deshaun McCullough. Bingo. Deshaun McCullough would widen the gap uh, quite significantly if OU were to get him by the uh, end of the day. OU's one, Arkansas's two, Michigan is three, Utah and Mizzou are both tied at four. Uh, from the text line, this comes from the 580. Any chance in hell that Bevel is the backup again next season? No. I don't think so either. No. Jackson Arnold will be the backup next season. And I, it wouldn't totally shock me if he's seeing the field in some substantial capacity by season. Like, I, I feel like we could get a repeat of the Caleb Williams-Spencer Rattler situation. That said... So the student section's going to be chanting Jackson Arnold's no, name this well, time around? I, I, I will say I think Gabriel will get a longer leash than Spencer Rattler just because that Oklahoma team in 2021 had such high expectations. There were so many people picking them prior to the season to win the national championship. And so the fact that Lincoln Riley pulled his starting quarterback when the Sooners were 5-0, and that's not something that a lot of coaches across the country are doing. Dabo Sweeney didn't pull DJ Uingle in favor of Cade Klubnick until his path to the college football playoff was foreclosed. I think Gabriel's leash will be somewhat dependent on what the two quarterbacks look like side, side by side in training camp. If they go through training camp, Parker, and there's a massive difference between Gabriel and Jackson Arnold, I think the leash is, is pretty long. Yeah. But if there's a situation where it's like, okay, well, I mean, like, Dylan Gabriel's going to be your day one starter. Mm -hmm. But if it's really close, if it's neck and neck during training camp, I think that leash gets a little bit shorter, man. So yeah. so and what you think of that situation, like, training camp will really be something that we're going to, and I think spring ball too, but really training camp is when that's going to heat up. Yeah. But we um, got all offseason to talk about the quarterback race. Yeah, man. If there and, even is one. Yeah, and look. The offense would have to be anemic for Jackson Arnold to get a legitimate shot. The OU staff isn't going to pull Gabriel in favor of Arnold just because they're not winning. If they're not winning because of the offense, then it's one conversation. But if they're not winning because the defense can't stop a nosebleed for the second year in a row, then there's really no reason to throw Jackson Arnold to the wolves, especially when you can preserve his red shirt. 405-651-3439 is the Air Coverage Solutions text line. So many texts to get to. We still got some other players in the transfer portal. Uh, all is quiet on the bowl cut front. We'll tell you what that means coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.
We're going to go rapid fire before we get out of here today. That was a quick hour. Locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. Uh, Braylon Presley, haven't mentioned it today. Text line wants to know. It doesn't feel like there's a lot going on on that front. Am I missing something between OU and Dave, or between OU and uh, Braylon Presley? No, you're not missing much at all. Yeah, it's it just doesn't seem like there's anything there. And I'm surprised. I'm legit surprised that there hasn't been more smoke there because, again, uh, as you heard Travis mention on air last week, Braylon Presley was a guy that Brent Venables promised he would always have a home at Oklahoma if he ever wanted to get in the portal after he signed with Oklahoma State. So I think he's one of those guys that it's just it's good for your program sure, to get guys like Braylon Presley on board. Uh, 580 says, do you think we end up with Tassili Akana? I, I yes. do. I think we both think OU ends up with Tassili Akana. Now that's what I said before the break. Is all qui- it's all quiet on the bowl cut front, but maybe – that's for the best, Parker. Maybe you should feel even better about OU's chances since it is all quiet on the bowl cut front with Tassili Akana. Yeah, I mean, look, all, going back months, really, there hasn't been a whole lot about Tassili Akana's recruitment that has made its way to the surface, and that's because Tassili really doesn't talk a whole heck of a lot. All I know is when I went face-to-face with that kid in June – I walked away and concluded, yeah, that's that's a kid that Brent Venables is going to get. That's a kid that's going to end up at Oklahoma. And I, I will say that folks close to him and close to that recruitment have told me it makes a lot of sense for that kid to end up at OU because of how natural of a fit OU is for his personality and his family. Uh, let me get to a few more before we get out of here. Miguel Chavis just liked a tweet from Trace Ford. Hmm, oh, that's gosh. from Derek. The Twitter stalkers are everywhere, man. Hicks is A&M bound, right? Sure. Your guess is, I mean, that's that's probably where the smart money is right now, is A&M, in my eyes. He's committed there, so that's yes, that's where the smart money is. I've seen a couple of signing announcements for players today that are before December 21st. Can you explain? Yes. Okay, so this is probably something that will end up happening with P.J. Atabare, for example. So, recruits will oftentimes have a ceremony at their school, and the goal of that ceremony is to maximize attendance, get as many people there as possible. It's not an official signing. They sign, essentially, duplicate papers as part of the staging, as part of the theatrics, and then on National Signing Day, that's when they will, will sign their actual papers. So uh, I had it down on the rundown sheet today, like, hey, by the way, OU's the number six ranked class just outside the top five from Ohio State. I just looked, uh, OU is now the number eight class. Yeah, just behind Miami at seven, just behind LSU at six, and not far back from uh, Ohio State at five. So I don't know what happened from, uh, what, one o'clock today to now, but... OU's currently got the number eight class, but you sign. We'll see how Dave long Mc- that lasts. You, you get Dave McCullough. Yeah, you're gonna ju- uh, jump a couple of those teams. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.